I've heard it said you steer where you stare. We are bombarded daily with voices vying for our attention. And if we fill our days and minds with Netflix and social media feeds, we can get off track pretty quick. That's why I developed a 30-day music challenge. Listen to Christian music exclusively for 30 days. The challenge is free, and I'll be right there with you every step of the way. Head over to michellenizette.com forward slash 30-day challenge to sign up. Change your music, change your life. You're listening to More Than a Song, episode 91. Hello, and welcome to this episode of More Than a Song. My name is Michelle Nizat, and this is the podcast dedicated to helping you discover the truth of Scripture hidden in today's popular Christian music. My goal is to teach you to connect portions of God's Word with the songs you're singing along with on the radio, to help you meditate on truths that will transform your way of thinking and ultimately your life. Now today you might hear that I'm a little bit under the weather and so I'm sorry for the the strange voice that I have today, but I feel like God gave me a message and I want to make sure I get it out to you this week. And I may or may not have overdone it just a little bit last night at the 10th Avenue North concert in Lake Charles, Louisiana um, with Sidewalk Prophets opening for them. It was an amazing night, but again, I think it probably took its toll on my voice, especially since I'm a little under the weather. But this week, I have had Matt Mayer's song Deliverer on repeat on my playlist, and I knew all week where I wanted to dive into scripture, so let's jump right in. Oh God, you're my deliverer, the one, the one who carries us. When I think of God as deliverer, I can't help but think of the most epic deliverance story in all of history, and that is when God delivered the Israelites from Egyptian bondage. Now, he didn't just release them from 400 years of slavery. He did it in style. And in Exodus 14, the Egyptians finally let the Israelites leave while they were burying their dead after 10 plagues, and the 10th plague being the death of every firstborn in Egypt. And so in the midst of their sorrow, the Egyptian sorrow, and with a hardened heart, they thought to themselves, why in the world did we let our entire slave force leave? So then they like, you know, uh, got dressed and took out in pursuit uh, with horsemen and chariots and a whole lot of anger. And so the next thing they know, these Israelites, they are, they are um, dramatically released from Egypt, and they look up and they see the Egyptians approaching, and they, well, I mean, they, they completely freak out. And so they said to Moses in um, Exodus 14, 11, why did you bring us out here to die in the wilderness? Weren't there enough graves for us in Egypt? What have you done to us? Why did you make us leave Egypt? Didn't we tell you this would happen while we were still in Egypt? We said, leave us alone. Let us be slaves to the Egyptians. It's better to be a slave in Egypt than a corpse in the wilderness. Now, it's not like these folks just have not just experienced the miracle after miracle as God just proved himself mighty, mighty, mighty every plague that he um, brought forth upon the Egyptians. But anyway, back to the story. So here's Moses' response in um, verse 13. Don't be afraid. 
Just stand still and watch the Lord rescue you today. The Egyptians you see today will never be seen again. The Lord himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. <laughs> Just stay calm. It's it's like God started the trend thousands of years ago. You know, you can put that on a t-shirt or a mug. Just uh, stay calm and watch God fight for you. And so how many times am I right before this amazing deliverance of God and uh, I just start absolutely pitching a fit? It just made me think, um, how am I like the Israelites? Just stay calm. Then the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the people to get moving. Pick up your staff, raise your hand over the sea, divide the water so the Israelites can walk through the middle of the sea on dry ground. And I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians and they will charge in after the Israelites. My great glory will be displayed through Pharaoh and his troops, his chariots and his charioteers. When my glory is displayed through them, All Egypt will see my glory and know that I am Lord. Now, once again, we see that God is going to save the people. He's going to deliver the people, but he has an ultimate goal in mind. And that is that his glory will be on display and his glory is on a greater display when it's more of a miraculous um, deliverance. And I think sometimes we want the miracle, but we don't want the struggle before and after the miracle. So basically God says, tell the people to get moving. Another version says, tell the people to go forward. So here's the advice. Don't freak out. Just stay calm and go forward and watch the Lord rescue you today. I mean, someone listening needs to hear this today. Don't freak out. Just stay calm. Go forward and watch the Lord rescue you today. He is your deliverer. So the story goes on to say that God stood between the Egyptians and the Israelites, and then he did go on to to cause the sea to part. Then the Israelites walked across the Red Sea on dry ground with a wall of water on the right and a wall of water on the left. And then God lets the Egyptians chase after them and then on cue allows the sea to to return to its depth. The Egyptians were completely destroyed in the sight of the Israelites. Scripture even says that their bodies washed up on the shore. So the Bible says at this point, when the people of Israel saw the mighty power that the Lord had unleashed against the Egyptians, they were filled with awe before him. They put their faith in the Lord and in his servant Moses. And then comes the song of deliverance. Exodus 15 shares the lyrics to the song that the children of Israel sang to the Lord. And I want to break it down a few verses at a time, and then I want to make some some conclusions. So let's jump into Exodus 15. Verse 1, Then Moses and the people of Israel sang this song to the Lord. I will sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. He has hurled both horse and rider into the sea. Now the first verse sings about a specific act of deliverance, by God. 
So here's my advice. Get specific in your praise. Don't just tell him he's wonderful in this broad sense. Celebrate his deliverance with specifics. Verse 2 goes on to say, The Lord is my strength and my song. He has given me victory. This is my God, and I will praise him, my Father's God, and I will exalt him. The second verse proclaims who God is to me. It says the word my four times. If you don't, if you didn't listen to last week's episode, um, I lead you through an exercise that will help you articulate who God is to you. So check that out, episode 90. But this part of the song does just that. It proclaims who God is to me. And then it quickly jumps to the next verse where a couple more characteristics and names of God are proclaimed where it says, the Lord is a warrior. Yahweh is his name. Now, the next verse is all about the Israelites' captor and what happened to them. So it says, Pharaoh's chariots and army he has hurled into the sea. The finest of Pharaoh's officers are drowned in the Red Sea. The deep waters gushed over them. They sank to the bottom like a stone. Now, I think there is power in calling out our captors while celebrating our freedom. I have a friend who's walking in freedom today from addiction to alcohol, and he does not shrink back in shame, but he boldly declares what his captor was and how the chains of bondage have fallen from him. That is part of the celebration of deliverance, uh, calling out our captors while celebrating our freedom. And then in verse six, we hear about God's right hand. Your right hand, O Lord, is glorious in power. Your right hand, O Lord, smashes the enemy. And you might be like me. I I read that this week and I thought, what is the significance of the right hand? And just through a little research, I thought, well, of course, that's true. The right hand is a symbol of authority. It's a symbol of sovereignty, blessing, and strength. So whenever God would, or, or even a person would bless someone, they would do it their right hand. God, uh, Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father in heaven. So it, it is all of this, authority, sovereignty, blessings, and strength. So in two short statements, this song is really saying a lot when it talks about God's right hand. And then the next two verses, we hear a poetic description of what of what and how God delivers. So it's a song. So I can understand why it would be very poetic in parts. And it's very in line with how we write songs even now in our day and age. So it says, in the greatness of your majesty, you overthrow those who rise against you. You unleash your blazing fury. It consumes them like straw at the blast of your breath. The waters piled up. The surging waters stood straight like a wall. In the heart of the sea, the deep waters became hard. So it's so poetic and beautiful. And again, very lyrical because it's a song. And then the song talks about the enemy again. It talks about what the enemy thought would happen and really what they wanted to happen. So it says, the enemy boasted, I will chase them and I will catch up with them. I will plunder them and consume them. I will flash my sword. My powerful hand will destroy them. Now, I I would like to say that we have an enemy and this is exactly what the enemy wants to do. He wants to destroy us. There are other places in scripture that talk about that. So it says, then I love, and, and then it says, 
Uh, you blew with your breath and the sea covered them. They sank like lead in the mighty waters. I love that because it's just this idea, but God, you know, when you come to that set to place in scripture where it says all this happened, but God, and I love this. So, but God blew with his breath and the sea covered them. And then there's this wonderful rhetorical question that says, who is like you among the gods, O Lord? And obviously the answer is no one glorious in holiness, awesome in splendor, performing great wonders. You raised your right hand and the earth swallowed our enemies. What a beautiful picture. So then we see God in relationship to his people. So this is where the the song goes next because he leads and he guides. And this talks, um, this particular song talks about how he does that, um, Uh, with how he leads and he guides. So it says, with your unfailing love, you lead the people you have redeemed. In your might, you guide them to your sacred home. With love and might. And one translation says, with mercy and strength. You know, he doesn't just redeem us. He doesn't just free us, but he leads us and guides us, not just to any destination, but to his sacred home, to his home. That's significant. And then now we see how future enemies will respond in this song. The peoples hear and tremble. Anguish grips those who live in Philistia. The leaders of Edom are terrified. The nobles of Moab tremble. All who live in Canaan melt away. Terror and dread fall upon them. The power of your arm makes them lifeless as stone until your people pass by, O Lord, until the people you purchased pass by. So here's how the enemy is going to respond in the future. They're just looking forward and they're speaking life into their future. Their enemy is going to tremble and, and anguish, terror, melt away, dread. And, and we know that's really how they are. It's not just hopeful lyrics. In episode 79, I talked about Rahab's story. And that is exactly how she described the response of the Canaanites. After they had heard the news of God splitting the, the Red Sea, she said that their he- their hearts melted in fear. So this song was really prophetic in how those um, other peoples were responding, how their future enemies were responding. So again, uh, what does the future hold for the people? Well, it says in verse 17, you will bring them in and plant them on your own mountain. The place, O Lord, reserved for your own dwelling. The sanctuary, O Lord, that your plant, your hands have established. So the people will be planted, planted like to stay. You know, no longer to roam, but they're going to be planted in a place where God intends to dwell, in a place where they can be watered and thrive. And then the song ends with an even longer range view of eternity when it says the Lord will reign forever and ever. So that that was a pretty robust song and we could stop there, but I want to make a, a few big picture comments at this point. I do encourage you to go read uh, Exodus 14 and 15 for yourself, especially since I kind of picked it apart little by little. It's going to mean a lot more when you review it again all at once, when you read it all at once. But I want to note that the first thing that the people did after God performed his amazing miracle, they stopped to celebrate. I mean, there were tambourines and dancing and everything. I mean, it was a big deal. They even wrote a song to commemorate the occasion. And I tried to find out how many times this wondrous act was mentioned. I really couldn't find the number exactly. But it, um, 
this is what God is known for forever. It is repeated over and over. It shows up in Psalms. It shows up in prayers. It shows up in all of the history of of Israel from this point forward. I am the God who brought you out of Egypt. Lord, you are the God who brought us out of Egypt. Hundreds and thousands of years later, he is still known as the God who did this wondrous act. So when God does something amazing, celebrate it, throw a party, write a song, proclaim it from the rooftops. So it's worth stopping to celebrate. But in the midst of everything, don't forget that we have an adversary and he has a plan too. Just like we mentioned in our song, there are a few things our adversary hopes that will happen too, and he wants to destroy So don't forget that, but don't forget too that sometimes our greatest adversary is ourselves. You know, we look at our circumstances and we forget who God is almost instantaneously. Sometimes it doesn't even take but a breath of time. So I kept reading in Exodus after that song, and I see that like two weeks, maybe a month, I'm not sure exactly based on the scripture, after this Red Sea miracle, but literally just a few weeks later, the people start complaining. Amazing. Okay, so... Picture you um, experiencing this miracle. I mean, stop and ponder it. Meditate on it. Think about it. Dry ground, wall of water on your right, wall of water on your left. You get through. The Egyptians drown. Bodies are washing up on shore. And less than 30 days later, they start complaining. It says there too, the whole community of Israel complained about Moses and Aaron. If only the Lord had killed us back in Egypt, they moaned. Are you kidding me? Anyway, they there we sat around pots filled with meat and ate all the bread we wanted. But now you've brought us into this wilderness wilderness to starve us all to death. They were hungry, and I get that. But there's an appropriate way to appeal to a father who has taken such good care of you. And, you know... God just saved you in the most epic fashion ever. You think he's going to let you starve to death? You know, everything you said about God, you forgot about that? Maybe you didn't really believe it. What in the world? So I do this all the time, though. I can be like, what have you done for me lately? And focus so much on my discomfort that I forget what God has done. But that's why we have the song to remember, to celebrate, and to declare. And sometimes, so sometimes again, our obstacle is our adversary. And sometimes the obstacle is ourselves. And, and sometimes it's, it's actually God. And our song has a lyric that sent me over to Psalm 66 for a quick lesson that I want to share as we end today. Blood and the fire are mentioned in Psalm 66. And that is also a song, by the way. And the flood and the fire are mentioned right after this portion of the song that declares deliverance that we've been meditating on this entire episode. So it says, come and see what our God has done. What awesome miracles he performs for people. He made a dry path through the Red Sea and his people went across on foot. 
There we rejoiced in him, for by his great power he rules forever. He watches every movement of the nations. Let no rebel rise in defiance. So then there's a, um, a break in this song. And as you move into the next set of lyrics in this Psalm 66, God is still being praised. But as you move further on into the lyrics, you realize, as I've already said, that sometimes the resistance against us stems from our adversary. Sometimes it stems from ourselves. And sometimes it stems from God himself. Bless our God, O peoples. Let the sound of his praise be heard, who has kept our souls among the living and has not let our foot slip. For you, O God, have tested us. You have tried us as silver is tried. You brought us into the net. You laid a crushing burden on our backs. You let men ride over our heads. We went through fire and through water. Yet you have brought us out into a place of abundance. God turned up the heat like refining silver. God brought us into the net. God laid a crushing burden on our backs. God let men ride over our heads. God led us through the fire and the water. Yet. You know, all of that, but God. And so God did all of that, but brings us out into a place of abundance. Another version says into a place of rich fulfillment. You can trust him. He is a wonderful deliverer. Sometimes he doesn't take the path that you would recommend to him. But in the end, it may just be more amazing than you could ever have imagined. So what's next? Well, I suggest you pick up Exodus 14 and 15. Go ahead and read it for yourself. I kind of just gave an overview. And as I mentioned before, I sort of picked apart that song in verse in um, chapter 15. So read it all at once. It'll be great. Then hop over to Psalm 66 and read that in its entirety and spend some time meditating on the truths that you see there. Learn more about your deliverer. And then while you're in God's word this week, let me know how you're doing. Email me, michelle at michellekneezat.com. You can hop on Twitter at michellekneezat, Facebook. Let's talk about what you're learning. And before I tell you what song will be featured next week, I want to shout out to Renee from Texas, Pam from Alabama, Nick from New York, Richard from New Mexico, Leslie from California, Jane from Florida, Lee from Georgia, Charlene from Virginia, Megan from Washington, Becky from Maryland, and Caitlin from Arkansas. Wow, these are all my newest subscribers to my website. And the benefit of, just, of subscribing is that I'm going to email you once a week. And in that email, you'll, you'll get a weekly memory verse resource. You can display it on your smartphone, your tablet, your desktop, or you can even print it out to place it in a place that you're going to see it every day. And you'll also get an email recap of the week's episode. And if I create any special resources like I do from time to time, you will get instant access to those resources. And it's just my way to say thank you for listening. So head over to michellekneezat.com to subscribe today. And then don't miss an episode. You can subscribe to it in iTunes or Stitcher Radio, and then it'll come straight into your smart device. And while you're there, if you you would leave me a written review and a star rating. It not only encourages me, but it helps me stay visible to new listeners. And as always, if you take the time to review my podcast, I will take the time to personally thank you right here on the podcast. Well, that's it for this episode of More Than a Song. 
Next week, I will use No Man is an Island by 10th Avenue North to jump into scripture. And if you liked this episode, would you mind sharing it with others? I've made it really easy. With just one click, you can share via Facebook, Twitter, or email. Just head over to michellekneesat.com forward slash 91. While you're there, I'd love to hear from you. Click on comment to join the conversation. Until next time, take time to meditate on God's word and consider his ways.